Hello and welcome to episode 62 of the Oki Show Show, brought to you once again by all of our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash Show Show. If you would like to listen to episodes a full five days early, then go over to patreon.com slash Show Show and become a patron. You can have your hands in all the cool little things that we do, whether it's podcasting or shooting our fun little sketches or some of the uh, really cool little events that we try to put on. Go over to patreon.com slash Show and become a patron today. So today we are talking to the awesome Adam Hampton and Kenny Pitts from Outsiders Productions. These guys have been around for a crazy long time, making movies left and right. You can now see them on uh, Play It Loud, which is a show that they do for one of the local casinos here, focusing on local uh, musicians and stuff. But it all started in a very, very small way. And we talk all about that. This is a really, really cool discussion. It, it turned into one of the most just heartwarming conversations I've had with a group of filmmakers. You know, we've been doing this for a long time and we've had many, many conversations. And every once in a while, we just get some really cool gems of wisdom from the people that we're talking to. And I feel like that is really the best way to sum up this whole interview. You know, normally we like to play fun games and, you know, keep it really lighthearted and stuff on the show. And on this one, I decided to actually go ahead and pull the game out at the end of the of the episode. Just because the stuff that, that Adam and Kenny were talking about, I found to be just so darn important and poignant that I didn't want to take anything away or any time away from what they were saying. And we ended up kind of running a little bit long. So, uh, sorry, there's no game on this episode, but there's some really, really cool stuff that Kenny and Adam talk about. So, I will give you a little heads up. We had a mic that kind of failed on the recording of this episode, so unfortunately I had to pull out some sound wizardry to be able to uh, bring you the full conversation. But, I'm telling you, if you can, if you can look past that and listen to the words that Adam is saying uh, on his on his kind of uh, doctored up track. It's just so darn cool. So we're just gonna go right to it. This is Adam Hampton and Kenny Pitts from The Outsiders Productions, and this is episode 62 of The Oki Show Show. Hello and welcome to the podcast that explores the heartlands entertainment industries. I'm Brian and I'm flying solo today. That's right, I've been abandoned by Kelly. She went ahead and had to have that baby. Neil's got family stuff going on because he has a family, boo. And uh, Nick has has other things going on. I honestly can't remember what Nick's excuse is. So I'm here by myself facing these two giants of the Oklahoma film community. These, uh, these two guys have been around in the film industry for God knows how long. I'm pretty sure you guys have been around long before I was ever even on the map in Oklahoma. <laughs> Not not like from birth, but <laughs> you guys have been active for, for quite some time. So this is Kenny Pitts, and this is Adam Hampton of Outsiders Productions. So welcome, guys. Welcome to the Yogi Show Show. It's great to be here. So we're just going to talk about, you know, being, you know, local giants on a local level. You guys have done all sorts of crazy things. And, you know, I've only named a couple of things, but what are some of the other projects that, you've, that you guys have done, some of the features that y'all have worked on? Uh, we've uh, started out uh, a couple features looking for hope. Uh, we did one called uh, Bowling Alley, When I Find Bin Laden, some of our earlier ones, uh, The Cellar. And then uh, we did uh, the last couple. The last feature we did was with Outsiders Productions was uh, The Unusual Calling of Charlie Christmas. That's right. And we hit uh, Dead Center... 2012 and went around the country with that one which you yeah. play the lead in right yes sir nice yeah, he's the hero and then we um, after uh, Charlie we spent a lot of time uh, working on that film and then uh, on the circuit and then we started on a, a, a series basically a web series but it's a series hour long episodes we're wrapping up with our fourth uh, episode season finale so to speak now that's in post and then we're currently uh, working with the Grand Casino and producing uh, Play It Loud, which is yes. a series uh, that we're shooting um, uh, for the first season of the Red Dirt Relief Fund. Yeah. Trying to help uh, support uh, artists and folks that need. And then we're, what we're doing is we're sort of, uh, I'm interviewing these cats, uh, these fantastic Oklahoma musicians, 
and kind of kind of coming at it from the sort of the journey of a filmmaker and and then uh, man child with these musicians and their journey, sort of comparing battle scars a little and kind of talking about the idea of the the beauty of the pursuit and, and the journey and whatnot. So, yeah. Uh, we're working on that now. So that's awesome. Yeah. And you guys have done that all while living right here in Oklahoma. Are you guys originally out in Choctaw? Shawnee. Shawnee. Shawnee and Dale. Even farther out, yes. out east. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So is that Pot County? Yes. And so that's where my in-laws live. Oh, they, nice. that's, they call it Pot County. Yeah. It's a beautiful town. Yeah. I hear the meth is very pure out there. That's great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's breaking sad. Yeah. 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 I always thought that Breaking Bad was really, they should have gone a little farther over with their location. <laughs> it's a little more, you know, we, I swear somebody's driving around in an RV. But the cool thing about, I, I love everything that you guys do because, um, you know, you're born and bred right here in Oklahoma. You, you have done everything that you're doing right here and, and you're doing pretty darn well <laughs> like you guys are in all sorts of festivals all the time like I feel like if somebody has not heard one of y'all's names there's something wrong <laughs> thank you so well thank you it's 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 really cool I mean I think it, it speaks to the community to be honest um, because uh, uh, of course we, we've been working for a long time no budget extremely low budget but the community is growing and, yeah. and it's been uh, really uh, interesting to watch grow and exciting. And then, and then we're able to sort of, you know, get get cast in other projects, become, you know, sort of extend our family and, and work with other people. Uh, and so that that part of it's really cool. Is even though we're outsiders, uh, productions, uh, we we feel like uh, we've been able to sort of combine with the community in a lot of ways. And that's, yeah, that's exciting. It's it's been great to see it grow since. 2004, 2005, uh, entertainment progress. The location we are at right now, I think about it five years ago. I oh mean, my God, this, yeah. this booming area of 23rd Street Tower, Pony Boy. Right? Uh, the, this used um, to be the ghetto. Yes. And uh, that, I mean, that's the epitome of art and filmmaking. And yeah. it's great that we've been doing it for a while and to grow with it. And it's, it's scary because it's, I don't want to say dog eat dog world, but uh, the growing pains of uh, comp- not competition because we're not, nobody's really in competition with each other, but it just the, uh, I'm trying to think of mo- kind of more metaphors. <laughs> the, t- the tide is rising, but we're yeah. all rising together, but the, the surf is hard to swim in. Yeah. But I, I love growing with all that though. Yeah. Either do I. He brought <laughs> me on good. here. Yeah. But it is, it is really cool because there's a, uh, I think there's something to be said about sort of the scrappy nature of what we're doing. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of people that are working together and sort of building each other up and building up the community. Yeah. So that's exciting. Well, let's kind of, let's go back to like whenever you guys first began, because, I, you know, uh, I feel like in today's climate, the way the, the Oklahoma City has kind of risen in the ranks of filmmaking, we've kind of gotten used to that structured set of, you know, you've got your above the line and your below the line and you have your grip trucks and all this kind of stuff. And like, there's a humongous budget and all that kind of, and you know, and all that whatnot, all that structure. And uh, there's that, but then there's also a grassroots guerrilla style of filmmaking that I see a lot with like the Burns Brothers and what they do. And then what you guys do as well. So kind of like take us back to the beginning of Outsiders Productions and how it all got started. Well, um, uh, you know, I grew up, I went to Dale. Um, Jason Alexander, who's the other founding member, uh, we went to school, came up all the way together from kindergarten. We were college roommates. Never had any sort of notion of filmmaking, although I went to college for writing, went to East Angelina, uh, on a writing scholarship. Kenny actually went to Dale. He's a little bit older than I am. And, uh, we never ran around together. He was a long hair. He was one of the... You had long he hair. Like what soon? I was a soch. Oh, man. So we didn't run around. <laughs> but, uh, we grew up a mile from each other. Yeah. But didn't meet never until dated. Ada, Oklahoma. We never oh, dated. Oh, man. Never yeah. even held hands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I college. Meet him in college. And we start um, taking some mass complex classes. I graduate. Jason, for his senior project, wanted to shoot a film. So he had asked me if I would write a script for him, and uh, I agreed, but then um, I, I guess 
uh, my ambition got in the way, and I said, well, I'll write it. If I can direct it, you produce it and shoot it. So he was nice. cool. Kenny came on, uh, acted in it, was one of the producers, associate producer type. Um, and then we just kind of went from there, man. It was very grassroots. I mean, when we started, when I first started learning filmmaking um, and, like, advertising classes and shooting, I mean, like, we had to carry around a giant... I mean, it was not digital. It was yeah. yeah. We were we were working together on those class projects and so those like old beta cams and yeah, stuff. Well, it had yeah. three parts. It had the camera, it had the deck, and oh, then gosh. it had the that other part. Day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, analog baby. Yeah, it was it was crazy. But that's what that does. I think in the beauty of that, the beauty of uh, starting off there and, and sort of really having those humble roots is like it puts a lot of uh, pressure on writing and performing in mm-hmm. those really basic things that uh, you can't fix in post if they're not there. Yeah. You know? and, and so it, whenever you're trying to rile people up and say, hey, come work on this film, you know, maybe the first one or two, they'll be just excited to be making a movie in Dale. But after that, it's like, you've got to have some level of quality yeah. to try to convince them to do that. At least I like to think so. Yeah. So the focus changes, you know, and I think that those things, those basic, it's, it's the same thing with a musician, mm-hmm. like, or a guitar player, like, like if you can pick up an acoustic guitar and play the song, and you have that basic skill, it's the same, and you don't need all of these effects to try to cover up and mask whatever gas, gaps you might have, I mean... Or gas. Or gas. <laughs> it's the same thing with filmmaking. Like, yeah. You've got to have those basic... Yeah. So, what was y'all's first movie that you? So you had the the class project with Jason, yeah. and then that was our first feature. That was your first feature. Yes. Was a college project. Yeah. Holy yeah, well, crap! It was, a, it was like I guess a post grad for me. I went back and had to enroll in the class to be a part of it. And wow. So I did when we did, and we shot it. It was called um, my big Springsteen fan. Okay. Um, and so it, the, the film is called Thunder Road. Basically, I took the lyrics to Thunder Road and, and kind of made a movie ar- around it. This is the guy in a small town that's got to get out. Black and white, sad as hell, like four hours long. I mean, no, like, I loved it. It was passion, man. But, like, it, nobody wants to watch that movie. <laughs> right. We worked hard on that. Yeah. That, that thing. And, like, we, in fact, it was funny because we had, we were going to have a, screening in Shawnee hometown and um, we got a call from a lawyer out in LA who they were saying they were going to give us a cease and they were going to engage some sort of cease and desist was it Robert <laughs> Mitchum's brother's lawyer somebody's somebody related Dang, to on your first movie yeah hell yeah <laughs> you got the song title from Robert Mitchum on Thunder Road yeah and and so then I stole it from Springsteen borrowed it love title it. <laughs> and then so this guy saw some article in the paper called Jason up and said hey nah you're not using that title so that's they, awesome and we were scared we were like we had no money we could have yeah. kept it but we didn't know we were young uh, yeah stupid. and now so we changed stupid. it yeah I still don't know anything yeah <laughs> but so that, that was our first it was like the day of the screening if I, if I recall yeah oh my gosh uh, they let us keep the screening and then we um that was that was the first thing, and then we just kind of kept rolling at that level, casting friends and family, keeping it, you know, low key, no money, yeah, no money, <laughs> uh, and that shows in our audio and our lighting and our production quality, um, and you know, calling whoever's cousin can show up that day and try to learn the lines on the way, but it did build a really good solid base, mm-hmm. and it and it and it really uh, sort of honed, I think, uh, the camaraderie of outsiders and, and then of course uh, we brought uh, Chad Matthews who we all refer to as Beard because we couldn't remember his name Beard and he had a beard whenever ah. we first met him so we that'd be beard. weird if he was squeaky clean well, and no, we were like he is. Yeah. Beard yeah. <laughs> oh now he doesn't have a beard yeah, no, oh he's, man he's, like, so he's like, grown it a little bit yeah, yeah. but um, and it's just kind of, it's really it is a beautiful to me uh, the idea of you know when you get on a set and uh, strangers can become friends and then, yeah if you're already friends and friends become family, working on films is such an uncomfortable proposition. You know, whenever you're with your, your buddies, uh, you know, in, in everyday life, yeah. like, hey, hey, let's grab the kids and let's go to the movies with our friends. Those are always pleasant conditions. You're going to go, you're going to talk about how your week was or remember the old days back at the frat in college or, or whatever the hell. Yeah. 
like, while you're enjoying your air conditioned right. room. Well, everything's perfect. And then yeah. Like, well, honey, that what the, you know the Johnsons are such great people. What great yeah. friends we have. You know what they are. Right. I was thinking that as I was sitting right underneath the vent. Just the best. Just the best. <laughs> but then it's like you. Then you take those same friends and say, "All right, let's go get on a set and, and, and deal with all of these tribulations and hate each other for a while." Yeah. It builds a different type of relationship. There is like a band of brothers mentality that comes out of working in a, working in a just, I call it the shit, just yeah. working in the shit. Yeah. You know, you come out of that and you're like, you, you have a bond that cannot be broken. It's the best parts, you know, um, Jesus aside of church camp and athletics, you know, and yeah. I mean, it's just that. Like, uh, I don't know, man. It's just being in there in the, in the ugly and the sweat. And, yeah. And, and, and that's where character is tested. Yeah, absolutely. You know, on take well, 37. And not, and not to get, like, too philosophical about it, but I, I in conversations, my wife and I always have deep philosophical discussions at the end of the night while we're smoking our cigarettes. Totally. But uh, there's something much more valuable found in the shit you know, than in the air conditioned room, right. you know, you when your body is not put in under any kind of stress, it has no reason to move and no reason to adjust and doesn't know its own limits. But, you know, you don't go to the gym to feel comfy. Right. And if you do, or if you don't go to the gym, you just stay skinny. Right. You don't end up looking like Mr. Hampton over here. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> skinny yeah, but no, it's true. I, what good comes without a trial? Yeah. Like to me, and I, I think that's, I mean, that's really for a long time, for a long time, that was a, a big uh, sort of a, a, a side effect. To, I mean, that wasn't, I, I wasn't like, man, I want to go get, get miserable. It was always the pursuit of the story and whatever yeah. sort of opiate that is, but um, the, the, the hard stuff is the good stuff. Mm-hmm. That always was the icy. We talked about like the four of us, Adam, myself, Jason Alexander, and Jed Matthews, as we're, you know, we're on the paper for Outsiders Productions. But there is the extended family over all these years. Uh, uh, Jason Garner, Troy Scott, Marcy Price, people you probably may know in the local community. And more than that, uh, our buddy Sean Martin from down from Ada. I'm just throwing names out there. But uh, there, there's so many people that have come along that that their name isn't on the sign but uh they they've sacrificed yeah more you know more than they needed to and we've had more people like that actors people the crew yeah and uh, outsiders you know our films owe a lot to them just for putting Absolutely. that yep. blood sweat and tears and elbow grease yeah. yeah well and there's no other way that you can do super low budget stuff without your community like and i feel like that's at the end of the day, that's the most, that's the coolest thing about doing these kind of projects as opposed to like the $2 million movie where, you know, you're making decent money and that kind of stuff. Like there's something much more, there's a value to, you know, your community and your family coming together to, to work on one single goal, which is making something fun to watch. It's, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I think it's a, it's a, a line you have to be careful watching or walking, I should say, because uh, it's easy to take advantage, man. Yeah. I mean, it'd be awfully easy for everybody to, to gather back around next Christmas and how about George Bailey again? Yeah. And it's like you can only, you, can, you can't go to that. <laughs> yeah, you can't go to that like, all the time. Oh, no, the banks <laughs> run out of money again. Oh, gee. It's <laughs> nice. starting to feel like it's you, George. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, there's a little bit of that. but It's still know, a wonderful life. You keep, yeah, the hope is that you keep growing and then, uh, and then the... the that the reward is worth it for all those involved. Yeah. Because we all got different goals out of it. Yeah. So what are y'all's individual goals? Since you guys have been doing this since, was it 2004? You know, basically on paper, uh, yeah, Outsiders Productions. But we oh, we were we were talking <laughs> projects before then. We were working on cl- even smaller class projects. Yeah, Adam and I were in a band that played around here, Superheroes in Training. There you go. So uh, even before that, but uh, so 2004 was Outsiders Inception. That's awesome. You know, I don't. I, I, I think uh, the goal. You know, I think the easy, easy statement is like, well, I'd like to be able to do this for a living. That's yeah. Um, but it's trickier than that. I mean, that was the goal that I've been failing pretty miserably for four years. <laughs> you know, um, uh, there's a spiritual component that it really does 
is uh, compelled, driven to do it. Yeah. You know, that's the only way to excuse the lunacy required to shoot with no money for that period of time. Um, but, it, you know, it does get harder. I think, you know, I, I know that, you know, we were going to discuss families and how do you, mm-hmm. like, how are you a, a, a husband? How are you a wife? How are you a son? How are you a brother? Um, father? Um, and still pursuing it. Yeah. How do you balance that? And there, I mean, you have to question like to what degree is the, is the juice worth the squeeze? Right. And, um, you know, for me, of course it's growth. Mm-hmm. My goal is growth. Like I want to continue to work on projects. I want them to get bigger and bigger and better and better. And, um, I want to learn to, to, to just, it's cliche, I guess, to fail better every time. Yeah. But I'm absolutely not here to waste my time or anybody else's. Right. More than that. I love, like, we need to put that on a shirt, fail better every single time, because, yeah. like... I mean, the truthfully, though, that's what... There's nothing... People have this, like, negative connotation with failure. And failure, in my mind, failure is so much more important than success because like kind of going back to that gym analogy of like you don't know where your limits are until you hit your limits and like hitting your limits could be called failure or it could be called learning your limits and learning how to work to the next thing and the next thing you know well i think discomfort is valuable i mean i think we totally like well life should be about pleasure and comfort no yeah like life is made in the uncomfortable conversation Mm -hmm. whatever we're talking about whether it's local issues yeah social problems local whatever like it's the uncomfortable that's where that's where we grow yeah nothing in my mind grows um, when everything's pleasant and easy right at least I don't I get lazy and fat (laughs) well they're called growing pains for a reason you grow totally and they hurt yep and I've seen what happens to the human body. I've watched Wally. So yeah, that's. I think that's my goal. What's what I don't know. What's, what are you guys? What's your goal? What are your goals, Kenny? What's your goal? My goal is just finding a place to stay still and move the world around me, and just make sure my soul is happy. Yep, it's pretty good. Nothing wrong with that. Is it? My goal is to become the richest and the most famous president of the United States. Moving on. No. <laughs> my goal, honestly, um, my goal is to, to find joy through the telling of stories and to be able to spread that joy to the people that I love. Like, ultimately, at the end of the day, that's, that's for me, that's what it's about. You know, and I love, I love being a part of the storytelling process. I love seeing an audience be moved emotionally or moved to laughter. There's a, there's a great joy and a, there's, you know, not to get too spiritual about it, but I feel like there is a godliness that comes with the spreading of joy. Not happiness. Happiness is different than joy. Joy is something that lasts, that, you know, that, you, that there's a price that's paid for it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So... Yeah. As opposed to like the fleeting, shallow nature of happiness. Yeah, exactly. I think that, you know, we as a society, we become so obsessed with the concept of happiness that, you know, that the universe wants us to be happy. Does it? Does it really? Because, you know, happiness today can lead to tomorrow's sorrow. But joy, joy is a different thing. Joy is something that's much deeper in your soul that lasts. So. I mean. Everything he said. Add, now, everyone, add, add shall we bow and pray? That's <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. So, um, you know, getting kind of on the subject of families and everything, like you guys are, are homegrown right here and you're still pursuing your dreams, but you also have your day jobs and that kind of thing. So how do you balance the two, like with family life and with film life? Uh you want to go first on this one? Uh, sure, sure. I, you know, I'm more of a, in a different category than the, the other rest of the guys in the group because I just got married uh, one year ago <laughs> on Sunday. So, well, congratulations. <laughs> so, uh, we don't have kids, so we're uh, newlyweds. So, uh, but the struggles are, are not real. 
You know what I mean? Still, they're not as deep as somebody who's been married a while and has a couple kids. Uh, but it just, uh, and then I have a 40 hour a week job on, on top of that. So it's pretty sick. I, I can't imagine adding, you know, uh, children to yeah. being as feeling as busy as I already am. That's just amazing. So I got to give it up to, to everybody so far. So, yeah. uh, you know, like the, you know, uh, be, getting married, I, uh, adopted two uh, dogs. <laughs> So we have dogs. One of them had surgery yesterday. You're a dog so that's, dad. That's oh, my uh, that's my uh, stories in the trenches. And yeah. and Coco has to stay overnight at the vet tonight. Oh man, for her ligament surgery. So. That's rough. <laughs> it's, you you hit me at rough times. <laughs> that's well. I'll, I'll get some flowers. So. <laughs> yeah, she she came out of surgery fine. So. Oh okay. Well that's good. That's good. But uh, get, you know, going back to family. Uh, uh, you get it even a little deeper. Both my parents have passed away. Mm. And I think about the things that we're doing, all three of us. Uh, and I think about growing up with my parents. My mom passed away when I was 19. My dad passed away uh, when I was uh, 32. Oh, wow. And so I, I think about things. I think about them at their age, the age I am now. And I'm like, I, you know, they came from such a... Uh, tradition of it almost seemed like they never followed their dreams yeah it seemed like they just worked and worked and worked yeah and uh, you know i know they had dreams and they wanted me to follow my dreams i remember uh playing a video game and we were at, at the front of walmart when walmart used to have video games and i was about hey i'll let this go and my mom was like don't don't let this game stop you continue this game and i played for mm. a long time going but that always sticks in my mind uh just you know and things like that that she told me to keep on doing yeah to follow your dreams to never give up right so uh, you know adding back to my family i grew up with you know i learned a lot of follow-through from my mom and dad even though they're not around so yeah that's awesome well, Adam, how do you feel like um, being a parent has kind of had an impact on your filmmaking? Do you still have to? Because oh, I can tell you from my perspective, like, you know, it's not always sunshine and rainbows telling the wife that I have to be away or, you know, something like that. Or we have to spend a certain amount of dollars on gear or whatever, right. you know. Well, I think we've been separating it a little. I mean, uh, because, you know, before I was a parent, I was a husband. And I met my wife uh, around the same time we started getting into some of the school projects. And, um, you know, finding her. Uh, honestly, like, uh, you know, I was pretty madly in love with her. And um, I think up to that point, I'd, I'd sort of, uh, lacked a compass mm. and once we got together um, and we broke up and then got back together and broke up you know rinse and repeat for quite some time until we got married like I I felt like I put my back against a wall a little bit and I knew okay now I want to work on whatever it is I'm supposed to be doing up to that point I've been stalling I think I, I hadn't really pursued anything <clears throat> and I was fortunate um, you know, I don't know a lot of people who are in, I don't know a lot of people who are at the top of my head who, um, are in a relationship and then they start filmmaking. <laughs> yeah. Who are filmmaking and then somehow then they, yeah. to a relationship. That's how know. you're supposed to do it. Well, I, don't, I don't know a lot of folks who are like happy and like, Hey, I think I'm going to ruin this. <laughs> yeah, so that's true. Like, so I was very fortunate that it kind of was growing at the same time. Yeah. And it made me a terrible husband uh, on occasion because I, I get fairly obsessive. And, um, and I had to learn that I was a terrible husband at times. And I, uh, it was, it, sometimes it wasn't my best, it wasn't my best self that I was putting out there. And I had to develop that. Thank God that I, I, I did do that before I had kids. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, uh, being a dad is about as not as big as it gets, you know, and every time I leave it hurts. Yeah. But, uh, you know, obviously I feel like what I'm doing is worth it or I wouldn't do that. But, I mean, there's a there's a sacrifice in Rough Cut. Uh, episode four, um, all of the episodes are sort of building up with Kenny's character and, and his on-screen wife is Cassie Alexander. She's Jason Alexander's actual wife. 
and we, we don't see a lot of her for, for the first three episodes. She, he's the only person who's happily married hmm. to the filmmakers. And um, they have a, a fairly uh, in-depth scene where she's basically telling him, you know, he comes home from filming and she's alone, she's alone and they're talking and she basically, I had taken some conversations that my wife and I had where she basically said, you know, um, you know, I married you, I knew who you were, and uh, I don't miss you when you're gone anymore. Mm. And that's a hell of a thing to be told. Yeah. But um, you're putting somebody else through that. Yeah. You know, and uh, you can't really choose how they adapt to it. Yeah. Even though I wanted my wife to be like waiting by the door and like happy at every time I had a text between, you know, that change. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, I, I realized, well, she's, she's living her own life. You know? Yeah. So... Man, I've had that. You know, and the funny thing is, most of the married guys that are in this, honestly, whether it be film or music or any kind of thing in the entertainment industry, like when you're gone, I feel like you always have at least one time in the relationship, you always have that conversation of the person that you leave saying, I didn't sign up for this. And that's a tough conversation to have. I've been very, I was very blessed, man. I, I, I hate that word. I was very fortunate. Um, my wife's family. My wife comes from a circus people. <laughs> so they. Were, Sorry for laughing, but I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> she, well, yeah, maybe my phrasing was. Uh, she, That's uh, awesome. She, her her family uh, worked in the circus. She's from Hugo, uh, and her mom like works trapeze. Her grandfather. That's freaking... Is your wife Batgirl? I think she's a... Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. She's a superhero. And uh, her uncle, Lion Tamer. I mean... Oh, my I, God. They're so larger than life. Yeah. I think any other... For me, mm -hmm. my level of asshole, I think any other woman's family would have been like, leave that negligent prick. Yeah. You know, man-child. <laughs> telling his little stories. Get out of there. Yeah. Beautiful, intelligent, capable woman. You deserve happiness. Not that, not that doughy piece of shit. <laughs> but her family comes from, I mean, they traveled, they sacrificed, they show business. Yeah. And uh, like, especially early on, I think maybe they all hate me now, but especially early on, like her mom would be like, you know, if he's happy, then, then he's going better for he's gonna be better and that's right. make him his best self and then and I was if it had been anybody else for me because I mean, I'm sure I would have been she would have left a long time ago yeah I'm right there with you dude because uh, I think I think uh, the my wife calls calls herself a film widow mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a universal term but I think it's a pretty appropriate term film widow you know, the, the wife that has to be left behind. And it's interesting because like I came from a military family where, you know, dad was TDY a lot. And with the military, there is a, there's a, um, accountability structure built in where the wives, you know, the military wives, not just wives nowadays, husbands too, like just the spouses, there's a support thing for them. And with filmmaking and pretty much anything in the entertainment industry that we don't, we don't really have that. Right. So, like, for me, I feel very fortunate in that, like, you know, it's hard for my wife to complain to any of the other women in my family because it, she's, you know, her complaint is, oh, he went off to work on a movie. <laughs> Why is she from the... Yeah, she went off. Is and, this uh, Catherine Hepburn? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you met her? Yeah. <laughs> Catherine, she's she's great. <laughs> but, you know, the response that she always gets is, yeah, well, my husband went off to war, so... But, you know, I, I wish there was some kind of a support thing for, you know, the, the film widows out there for, you know, the spouses that have to deal with, you know, being left at home, that kind of thing. Well, do you think... Because... Uh, I've always found it interesting, and I try to deal with it with as well. Um, it's it, it, even like with some members of my own family that you know it's hard to get respect. Yeah. As a filmmaker or a storyteller, writer or whatever, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. My old man was, you know, and my my dad's been extremely supportive. My old man was out in the garage fixing stuff. Me, I'm going to go write a poem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I totally had that too. And it's like. Uh, it, uh, the, the respect I think that would come there have been times where it's like 
you know, if I had a second, my, my, my second job was changing tires at Walmart, mm-hmm. um, then it would be given more respect. Yeah. And like understanding than well, what is, you know, what are you doing out making movies in Oklahoma? And that's yeah. Interesting. I think, and I think that was an interesting place for my wife to develop uh, support for as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially, especially when you're not making any money. Oh, for sure. Because that, the, I, the excuses to, to, to continue to do that can be kind of ridiculous once the sacrifice count gets so high. Yeah. You know, so many days away, so many hours go on, so yeah. many memories that you weren't a part of. Yeah. So. I can imagine. So how do you, how do you deal with that? Like, how does that conversation go? You know, whenever you have to be out filming on a project that may or may not make much money. Right. Well, you know, one, I want to support, uh, if it's me acting in somebody else's project, I try to support who I can, when I can, Mm -hmm. can, you know, and by like, hey, okay, yeah, I'll show up and, you know, maybe if you can score my gas, cool, I'll come help. Because people did that for us. Yeah. I mean. Uh, if it's some sort of a long-term project, hey, we need you to take off two weeks from work. Yeah. Uh, you know. It's a little tougher. I've got to kind of balance that out. And, yeah. Well, hey, Ange, I'm going to do this, but this is what we're, this is what's, we're getting in return. Yeah. One way or the other, whatever that might be. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it also, again, it, it's almost like representative or, or just, or just evolution from when I met her and said, okay, my back because it is against the wall now. Now I'm ready to really work and, and figure out who I am and like, because I found like my, my rock, my views, you know, yeah. like my reason. Yeah. And, you know, now with two kids, two amazing children on top of that, it's like, I want to work harder. Yeah. But I want to be smarter about it. So like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go give you everything I got, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be super pumped <laughs> if we're sitting around, you know, jerking off for three days. Yeah. Like, let's shoot. Let's shoot. Does you feel like... Because I, I get a little more, uh, not defensive, defensive isn't the right word. Um, I get more protective about my time. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. if I'm going to go out and work on a project, like, I'm, I'm super picky nowadays of the people that I donate my time to. Because yeah. I do. I, like, I work for free every once in a while. And, like, if it's a friend that needs some help, right. I'm right there with you, man. Bring all my gear and all that kind of stuff, you know not charging day rate or kit fee or anything like that. Like, let's make some art. Let's do this. But, (laughs) but (laughs) my time is worth something as everyone's time that donates, that is donated to a project should be respected and, and, you know, not taken advantage of. So for you listeners out there that are wanting to, you know, make projects and you are asking for people to donate their time, understand that, yes, they are donating their time. They're volunteering, but, that time is worth a lot. Sometimes it means that they're staying, you know, they're giving you the time that they normally would be giving their families and their kids. These are important things to factor into what you're doing. So basically, I guess what I'm trying to get at is film people, get your together when you're shooting. (laughs) Don't waste time. Even uh, being married the year that I've been married, not having kids yet, it's uh, interesting because I've, you know, having conversations in the past of uh, sacrifices and things to do uh, with, you know, my married friends when they were married when I wasn't. It's not a game and it's not a tally, but if I've been, especially if I've been working for free Mm -hmm. for three days in a row, Either way, even if I've gotten paid, if I'm working for three days in a row on top of another day job, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and so Saturday night is my day off from both of the other jobs, and I want to give that time to my wife. Mm-hmm. If I had children, I would want to hang out with the children. But uh, from doing all that, sometimes I just want to sleep. Yeah. So, <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I, I can't imagine, you know, and I can't do that. So yeah. I want to I want to spend time with my family, with my wife. Yeah. And so then, uh, you know, the, you're balancing all that and you're just wore out. And I'm, you know, they have a funny name for me because I'll fall asleep like that. because <laughs> I get tired faster than everybody. But, yeah. uh, you know, so going back to I never thought it was a game or a tally, but you realize you've been away for three days, yeah. a, a half a week. And you, you've got you've got to put that time in and mm-hmm. hang out. Well, I just again, it just goes back to filmmakers. Like I think whether it's 
whoever it is, whether it's your cousin, it's your grandma, it's, it's you know, you know Joey's gas station that they're letting you shoot. Like, be prepared. Yeah. Like, I think that's it. And I think us doing it for so long, we, we certainly were prepared. There were times that uh, we were talking, even, even four, five, six years in, we'd have a call time. And we're not ready for these people until four hours later, five hours later. Mm. And they'd be all pissed. And of course, I'm like in full, you know, auteur mode. Like, I don't care, you know. Yeah. You can't, you <laughs> I have a new job. But it's like, well, dude, you're a brick. He's been there in the alley for five hours. Yeah. You know, he's going to go to work. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I mean, I've certainly been been the wrong, you know, guy. Yeah. But it's like, man, like that, that prep and... And, and, and being serious about it, like that's yeah. what I want. Like, mm-hmm. I, if, if it's if it's too much fun, I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah, like, you know, it's a little bit like it's if it's just party time, like whenever you hit the set and everybody's just hanging yeah. instead of working. It's yeah, it, man. Like I, I came here to work. I will give you everything I've got. I love that. I love yeah. that. It's it's athletic. You yeah, know? and it's like let's push each other. Let's be the best, and let's I'll shoot till seven in the morning, and and and, and, and whatever. Yeah. Like, but as long as you were working. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I mean, I There's it. something to him like, cause I, I'm always fascinated by the morale on a set. Like, you know, the, the collective psychosis that's happening yeah. on a set because, you know, morale can be affected by, you know, the quality of food or just the fact that there's food at all, you know, and stuff like that. But there is a weird drop in morale that happens. I've noticed when people are just around yeah you know we're having a great time we're hanging out now we're we gonna shoot oh i don't know so anyways let me tell you about this thing you know and we're just chilling you know play some poker but like your everybody's morale just like drops because yeah. like why are we what are we doing why are we here well there's no purpose to what we're doing here right like, we will constantly ask hey yeah yeah hey what's going on and then oh this person's doing that okay so we're waiting on that to be done yeah and then kind of we're constantly asking and you have to ask that question what i was getting at with that is the person who asked that question <laughs> comes off as the Oh, you're ruining the fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, the other person who's working, waiting for the thing, is gets frustrated. I'm doing this over here. Yeah. So it's just like, but once you get through that moment, hey, the person asking is not being a dick. The person working is not being a dick. Yeah. Then you work. Okay. Hey, I'm done. And then you work. And then when they're done with that task. Yeah. But when you don't ask that questions, ask the question, and then it goes back and forth and nothing's getting done. Right. That's kind of when it becomes problematic. Yeah. Well, and I've found that, like, just on the morale kind of thing, like, it's okay to be around as long as people know that there's something being done to get the gears moving again. You know what I mean? Because, like, well, I've been on several situations where, like, we've got a rain delay. We're on a rain delay. But we all understand we're on a rain delay. So, like, everybody's, we're just hanging out. Because there's nothing else to do, but we know that we're we still have a purpose to what we're doing. We're not just, you know, hanging out and around. Right. Well, and, and, and then there's also the element in terms of being in front of the camera. I mean, if you're acting and you've got a, a scene that requires anything from me, everybody's got a different process, and I get that, I respect it. But man, like if I've got a heavy scene, I want to be heavy. Yeah. Like I want. I want you don't want a bunch of people laughing around yeah, you and all this yeah, stuff. If yeah. You're, if you're if you've got a if you've got a love scene, if you've got a sad scene, if you've got an angry scene, the last thing you want is like cut and somebody has a fart sound. Right. And then and then we're about to roll again. Like, nah, man, like respect the process. I mean, like yep. we're there we're there for the journey. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're getting paid for it, maybe you're not, but you should be there for the journey. Yeah. At least at, at a certain level. I mean, I guess you can be mercenary the higher up you go. <laughs> but like like respect the process to me yeah you know it's a little bit like uh, well it also just tells me that you don't want to actually be there mm-hmm. you know when you when you, when somebody is not respecting the process like what you're talking about you don't actually care about all this you say you want to do this for a living right. but you don't right because you're proving it to me that you don't right now right. like I see that a lot especially with you know young people that haven't worked their first 12 hour day yet that's it you know well, everybody wants to, everybody wants to, well, not everybody, lots of people don't give a, like, a f- about it. <laughs> that do, you know, oh yeah, I want to come, oh, you make movies, yeah, let me come, all right, sh- sure. Yeah. Show up this day, carry a bunch of these boxes, and guess what? You're not, you don't, you're not the star, mm-hmm. and you're not the director, mm-hmm. you're not getting a point and tell anybody what to do. Yeah. These this is there, boring. There. Yeah. <laughs> and now come back tomorrow at 6 a.m. Yeah, and, and do it all over again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, survival of the fittest. Bitch. 
bitch. <laughs> but it was so tough. Yeah. But, it's, but there's a spirit, man. There's a, there's a, there's a, it's a very, to me, like my, and I've said this so many times, but like my greatest influence as a filmmaker, that was my high school basketball coach. And that guy, I love him. He was me. Mm. But he was, it was, it was never compromised. It was never subtle. It was like, there was I mean, times we'd come home from a game. I remember one time we came home from a game we'd been beat. And, uh, man, he wanted us on the floor, and we were running after the game, you know. And it's like school the next day, that stuff. He was driven. He, he was in love with it. Yeah. And he was in love with the temple of basketball, you know what I mean? Like, the, the church of basketball. You weren't wearing a baseball cap on the floor. That was disrespectful to the game. I mean, like, yeah. it's almost silly. That's cool, though. It's, it's, it's a little silly. It was a lot like Gene Hackman from Hoosiers. I love, I love the man. In fact... Since I graduated, he's like softened up and he's nice and like drinking beers. I'm like, no, I need you to tell me I'm not good enough. Yeah, yell at me again. <laughs> but it's like that level of respect for the for the process, you know. It's yeah. church, you know. Yeah. In a sense, and I that's what that's what I I kind of get off on. Like I love taking it seriously, mm-hmm. you know. And whenever you ha- whenever there's a cost, I think you're either you either stop doing it. Or you take it more seriously. And that's yeah. what my children and my wife have done. That's like, there's a cost. And I'm aware yep. of it. And I pay it. But like, I'm pushing. And I hope my kids see determination. I hope they see sacrifice. I hope they see their old man, you know, writing when they fall asleep and still at the computer when they wake up. And they think, well, dad's working. Yeah. And that's something my wife has instilled in Because it'd be easy if she was a prick to be like, oh, dad's off playing. Yeah. Again. He's making his videos. Right. Movies. That's my favorite thing, which I'm sure you guys have had the uh, the family Thanksgiving, oh. where you know, <laughs> you know, Grandma turns yeah. to you and Sam, how's your videos doing? It's, like, it's not videos, Grandma. <laughs> it's we're making movies. Little movies is what gets me. Little movies. Yeah, all your little movies. Yeah, yeah. it's always just patronizing enough. enough. Or they'll bring up somebody else in the same community. Yeah. who might got a little bigger plug than you. Well, you know, Rhett's living right. in California now, and I hear he was in some big movie. When are you going to move out to California and get big, Adam? Yeah, no. It's, it's funny. It's a funny... It's funny how that works. Yeah. Well, and it's also, I mean, like, the thing that I ha- I constantly have to remind myself, I constantly have to remind myself of this, is that uh, my journey is my journey, your journey is your journey, and I love the quote. I don't know if it's from the Bible or if it's from somewhere else, but... Um, Envy is the thief of joy, you know, like, or comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. And um, because like we're all on our own path and it's so true. Comparison is the thief of joy. If I'm and it's also very, very. um, It's interesting that when you're looking at everybody else and like how you're doing compared to how they're doing and like making sure that you're doing better than them. It's very self-centered when you're paying attention to everybody else, you know. But it's almost the opposite whenever you are just paying attention to yourself, right. you know, and going on your own path and letting everybody else be on their own path and leaving them the f*** alone, right. Right. you know, and not judging them or not, you know, being envious of them, right. you know. Well, and then the comparison is unfair. Yeah. And uh, not to go political, and we won't, but one side will one side will always post a picture that's the best example of their side compared to the worst example of the other side yeah and both sides do that yeah. and that's kind of what you do you're looking at yourself oh man i don't i look like a piece of crap yeah. out there but this person's a genius right here you just can't do that yeah. the, if there's no enemy within the enemy out there will never win yeah well you can't be too hard on african yourself. proverb i didn't make that up. <laughs> Like a calendar or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it, there's like a fun there's a, a, a fun there's a funny happy medium that you have to reach of like you can't be too hard on yourself of like well this guy's doing better than me no oh, f- everything I'm gonna go work at Blockbuster again oh Blockbuster doesn't <laughs> exist anymore I'm doomed <laughs> I was realizing that as I was going down that path I, I was <laughs> like wondering. oh yeah. wow that's a very old fashioned I, I think we we caused it you know, <laughs> yeah in Charlie yeah. It's all y'all's faults. Well, you, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've, I've always sort of fallen on the other side. Like, I, I've got a, a pretty healthy uh, sense of self-loathing yeah. that compels me. It's like that. It's, you know. and I, I feel like everybody think, in the creative world kind of has at least a little bit of self-loathing. Yeah. Yeah, they should. Yeah. I think, I think it's, 
I think he's healthy. I do too, honestly. I yeah. Don't, don't want to. Don't be suicidal. <laughs> but <laughs> well, I mean, if this script doesn't get accepted by Paramount, this is it. <laughs> I'm walking off into the sea. I'm going to Blockbuster. I'm going to Blockbuster. <laughs> but, but you know, it's it's kind of like I don't trust. I don't trust anyone who says they don't have any regrets. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't have any regrets. Well, you should. Yeah. Because you've screwed somebody over somewhere. Yeah. And obviously you didn't learn from it. Yeah. And it's like you've given yourself congratulations, but like, maybe wish you hadn't. Yeah. That's kind of regret. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Or with some people's misspelled tattoos, rag rats. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. It's interesting. I think if you are, and I think also if you're too busy looking at other people, and, and I'm not guilty of it as anybody, but I think then you're not either looking at yourself or you're not looking at the work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're not looking at your project. You're not looking at your script. Yeah. You're not writing someone else's script. If you are, you're you're in the wrong chair. Right. You're writing your script. You're doing your story. And <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think. Uh, I think it's it's tough to avoid with social media. I think in the way it's totally it's tied in as a necessary component to the survival of independent filmmaking. Mm-hmm. If uh, if there wasn't MySpace and then Facebook and then whatever you know, then uh, outside we would have we would have stopped. We would have died because we were, we were started and we're going around trying to do casting calls. We were like hanging out. You know, paper at grocery stores. Nice. We were like old school. Like yeah. Old school band types. There you go. And we wouldn't have. That's you can't thrive that way. And, and the contacts that we made, and the, and the, the alliances, and, and the information that you're able to obtain on social media, like uh, it's really, it's really beneficial. But then it's also it can be can be poisonous. You can get drawn into comparison. And yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of ugly out there. You know, it's tough to avoid, but you have to. Yeah. Well, and I've just found that, like, um, you know, half the reason why this podcast became a thing was because um, I've, I felt like too many there were too many talented people not getting the attention on them that I felt like they deserved, and like I felt a very um, and part of the reason why I felt that was because I was seeing a lot of people that I felt did not deserve it getting a lot of spotlight and and you know trying to suck it all up and everything and part of that may be a comparison being the thief of my joy at that time but uh there's something to be said about lifting other people up to success and as opposed to lifting yourself up to success you know like one may be faster but one lasts longer is to take the slow and steady route right so well, you see that. I mean, you, you, can, you can see that, I think, with, uh, with experience and a little bit of self-awareness when you go to a film festival. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one place if you want to go, it sounds like it's on the negative tip, but if you want to go figure out which filmmakers are go check them out at a film festival. <laughs> totally. You know, and yeah. watch them during a Q&A. And yeah. Watch, you know, watch the director who takes all the credit for themselves. Mm-hmm. Watch the actor who doesn't listen when other people are talking. Watch this or that. And, and, and then and then you'll see people who are humble, people who are uh, are aware of how fortunate they are to have surrounded themselves with talent. Yeah. And, and watch those directors speak and those actors talk. Mm-hmm. And and it's a great way. It's a it's a it's a hell of a way. You know, one one way to test character is to put someone in a ditch and work hard and be sweaty and tired and be fourteen hours in. Another way to test characters, throw a spotlight on them and give them some applause. Oh, yeah. And you'll very quickly determine, you know, what kind of person they are. Yep. Yep. I find, I, I feel like people show the truest colors whenever they have the spotlight on them. You know? McKinney's a giant What a dick. Yeah. This guy. <laughs> so, thanks Everyone, for coming to the show. Welcome to the Kinney Show. Yeah, uh, what's what's interesting about the rising tides aspect, what we are getting at, it's uh, how even the people who don't help with the rising tides will say that. Uh, and then what 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 amazes me is sometimes a lack of contact. Mm. Like, hey, reach out to me and I'll do this. You don't owe me anything and I didn't expect that, but thanks for telling me that. And then you reach out and then it's crickets. Yeah. I didn't, I don't, you don't owe me anything. I don't owe you anything, but even a no, yeah, just like giving me a no, all time, or just when you call, like, 
crickets <laughs> all guy, around. No nope. person was a cricket. <laughs> He's Kenny has befriended a cricket. <laughs> it was a weird, and, it was a weird place. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, 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 not your best joke. <laughs> you called him and it's it's cricket. Never mind, man. Hello. <laughs> but uh, just the uh, the lack of respect by lack of contact. Yeah, that seems to happen a lot by yeah, uh, by people who love to know it all too. Mm-hmm. Going back to what you said with the spotlight, people who you meet at those places. They'll love to tell you 30 minutes about themselves. Yeah. And they'll love to tell you, hey, send me a message. I'd love to talk. And uh, no, they really yeah. did like to talk. And then when it comes down to brass tacks, there's no call, no show, yeah. a wall. Yeah. And yeah, for me, I, I experience that every once in a while. And like to me, it's just like, okay, well, it's, it's an enthusiast as opposed to a professional. Like that's a yeah. So yeah, answer a, your phone calls, listeners. Whenever I call you, you better answer. <laughs> For the love of God, please listen. I need someone to talk to. Well, uh, um, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up in just a little bit, but I want you guys to kind of let's go back to the outsiders, and uh, I just thought that it'd be fun to just kind of open up the table to some fun anecdotes of your time making movies together over the years. Oh goodness. So, what's some fun? What's some crazy times you guys have had? Uh, we have we've had quite a few. Uh, <laughs> Lots of shenanigans. Yeah. So many thoughts are going through my head right now. Uh, wow. What about? Well, there's uh, so many scenes in rough cuts hell? that I, whenever I watched it, I was like, "That's definitely based on a real <laughs> conversation." Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a great Jane. scene in Rough Cut, and I don't. I want to know. Um, I can't remember who it was that performed this scene, but it's a it's a very long monologue of you guys. Your characters go and see this speaker, right. Right. and this. I, who is it that performed the monologue? Shane Joseph. Joseph. Uh, Pete Hounslow. Pete Hounslow. Yeah, and he did a fantastic yeah. job. It stole the movie for me, like that whole scene, because not just because of his performance, but what he was saying. Which can you give the listeners who have not seen Rough Cut yet? Like, what exactly is that scene all about? Well, Rough Cut's pretty uh, autobiographical uh, in regards to some no-budget filmmakers in Oklahoma who decide they're going to make their, you know, they're getting the band back together. They're going to make their their third film. The first film was a success. The second film was a total failure because the director is a drunk and they just fell apart. And then this is it, trying to get together for their third and possibly final film. And um, the, the idea of the rough cut came from, we'd finished Charlie, we'd spent a lot of years working on it, and uh, I just got our asses kicked with making it. And um, uh, I, I had decided I was gonna quit, the romance was done, I was gonna quit filmmaking. And I wrote myself a letter um, and basically was telling me, I was telling myself, what a loser you are. You haven't made it this year a joke. You've got to give this up. You're just a piece of shit and you're a laughing stock. <laughs> um, and I was brutal to myself. And um, and then, you know, I maybe sobered up. But a few days later, I took it and I read it. And I was like, God, I'm hurting my feelings right now. <laughs> And then I thought, well, no, I'm taking that. And so I took that as the basis for the, the speech the guy gives. So basically, in the, in the pilot episode, the two characters, the producer and the writer-director, they go to this speaker. And um, they're going to listen to this Hollywood, you know, know-it-all, tell them how to, how to write the perfect script and sell it and all this stuff. And the guy kind of has a breakdown stage and tells them... That, and they're in Oklahoma. None of you are going to make it. This is a joke. Yeah. Nobody cares about you. What was it the Oklahoma 10? Yeah. He, uh, which Paige Tudyk has been on the show plenty of times. I love her. She's, she's great. great. And she, so, so he, you know, you're a, you're a Oklahoma 10, you're an LA 4. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, but that was, that was kind of where that came from. It's like, you know, you comes from a really dark place. Yeah. Humor comes with what, pain plus time. Yeah. Uh, and it's so brutally honest. Like I was howling during that scene because, like, I have been—I've said these words to myself. Well, I'm, I'm excited for you uh, to see uh, episode four because it does—it um, does. I mean, the climax is in, in similar fashion as this Kenny and Cassie Alexander, um, where she's—they're talking about the cost and the sacrifice, and he's got a child in the film, and. Um, it's kind of the first time though, like she's in every episode um, that I recall, but always a very small role. And then we realized, you know, 
I mean, this is a character who has her own line, so yeah. hopefully it's got the same. It's not nearly as funny the scene. Uh, uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, it resonates as well. And yeah. Hopefully, like every, I, I, it, I, I always kind of hope that, like, when I was very tentative when my wife read it, I was looking forward to any other spouses that watch it and be like, yeah, that's that's my support group. Yeah, that's, that's it. So. I don't know. Do you have any other? Uh, I can take it really uh, not as deep as that, and that wasn't really a fun anecdote. Yeah, I could, here's a here's a fun one. And during Charlie Christmas, uh, we were doing some montage scenes of Charlie training before he becomes nice. the superhero vigilante. And one of the things you think of as the storyline, you don't think of in the uh, ways you shoot the scene in order. So we are shooting some scenes. We have lunch. His mom brings a lot of hot dogs for lunch. And you don't think about, I didn't think about it. The next scene was a, a running scene. Oh, like no. A, you know, <laughs> yeah, the rock. Oh, no. You know, I was thinking, okay, there's a story. Hey, we're shooting this scene. Here's lunch. And yeah. then my next scene, I was not thinking about working out at all. Yeah. But it was a lot of running. Oh, man. And, was it uh, just a brass band? <laughs> <laughs> so that, you know, talking about going, taking it circular, I improved uh, the uh, vomit scene. Oh, but that's so not, wow. That's that wasn't real. written. We're, we're, nice. We're driving down this old road in the cloud, camera out the window. Kenny's like running. And I can't remember if you said anything. I said, keep rolling. I keep rolling because I wanted it. I'm going to blow. Keep rolling, but he's like trying to like mouth it like Jeff Dunham or whatever. So we can't see his little keep going. It's projectile vomiting. Oh, man. That's awesome. The guy running the camera was like, oh, and he like looked away. I was like, oh, no, we missed the shot. And I was like, yeah, Kenny, can you do it again? He's like, yeah. Oh, man. That's awesome. It was absolutely repulsive. This is an actor dedicated to his craft. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. We've we've been fortunate. I mean, the experience has been pretty magical. Shooting in it, everybody that shoots in small town has the same experiences. You know, if you're family starting to gather, people starting to drive by slowly and watch in the middle of a tank. What are y'all doing? Oh, yeah. That type of stuff. Y'all making a movie? Yeah. Yep. Um, People honking, hey guys. Yeah. Yeah. Keep on honking. They circle back around, honk. You know? It's the best. My my favorite. one time we were shooting uh, we were shooting just a short film it was like with Bill um, I almost said Bill Burr you know Bill Burr yeah uh, what's his name old fella deep voice Bill something it's, it'll, it'll come to me later but uh, and I, you know Bill yeah and Lori Cummings was on this and like a, a handful of other actors and we're shooting in the middle of freaking nowhere and we're in the middle of this long emotional scene and this plane flies overhead and it flies low and it, and it literally I can see I can hear it coming from like a billion miles away so I'm like alright we gotta hold for this plane and you can hear him slow down so are you running audio or are you acting in this no I was rolling audio it's, okay. so I'm, I'm doing both boom and mixing yeah. and this plane literally would circle around the set with this guy <laughs> hanging out the window the only thing's missing is him going hey Y'all making a movie? You're probably by his like marijuana. Yeah. Oh shit! (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't me. It's not mine. Yeah. Whatever you find out there, (laughs) that body—that's not. I don't know who that is. That's part of the beauty of shooting here. Yeah, the bodies. Yeah. (laughs) And the secret (laughs) pot fields. Yeah. Yeah. I shot at Draper once. Yeah, I know. The the poppy fields. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see the poppy fields. But that poppy fields, <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. That's the name of my next movie. Yeah. The poppy fields of Oklahoma. Uh, but that's part of the cool thing about shooting here is like you're, we're surrounded by so many characters and they're, a lot of folks are enamored. Yeah. As long as you're not a real... The magic is still there. Them, they're enamored. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. And it's still really cool. People, And there's a cool energy to like shooting at a place that's not been shot at. Yeah. Location people as long as they're like not the janitor of the place you're shooting at and they need to clean the floors oh and yeah, you're going yeah. a few extra takes longer than you wanted i got a cl- yeah a couple bars i gotta clean now <laughs> okay I gotta a little bit. it is 3 a.m yeah. what are y'all doing boy yeah. yeah well what's uh what's we're about to wrap it up but what's something that you would like to say to the young filmmaker that wants to 
you know, that may doubt whether or not they can actually pursue their dreams right here in Oklahoma. What would you say to somebody like that? First of all, get involved, get involved any way you can. Uh, is it, as long as you feel comfortable with the people you're working with, uh, and, uh, figure out exactly what you want to do within the field. There's so many positions and don't just uh, jump in because you're ready to jump in. I mean, there's, think about it, think about it, go one day, see if you want to come back, but always be honest and uh, never flake on anybody because that'll ruin you in the business. I think in any town, in this town, it's a lot smaller than LA (laughs) and uh, we, we protect each other. With uh, people who may, uh, you know, be an a-hole to the story, to the project, to other people. Yeah. And we, we you just got to be, hold on to your word if you're going to agree to do something. And if you can't, be honest from the, from the moment you can't do it anymore. Just honest. Yeah, I love that. That's great. That's great. I, um, I mean, it can be done. Like, that's what I would say is it can be done. And, um, but if you're going to do it, do it right and be uh, humble and be true to uh, yourself and to, to what you know is right. And, and if not, then stay out of the way of the people that are. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. That's great. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Adam Hanton, Kenny Pitts. Where can we find more information about Outsiders Productions? Well, we, you can go to, um, we basically, we keep it simple. We have Outsiders Productions Facebook. Check us out there. Uh, follow us, promoting there. Uh, the current thing we have, Play It Loud. Check out playitloudshow.com. That's through the Grand's website. We have our four artists for our first season out there now. By the time this plays, we'll have our first uh, Play It Loud live showing where we have uh, oh, that's great. the live show at the Grand. That's August 25th. So by the time this comes out. Uh, and then stay tuned for uh, once we get episode four of Rough Cut done, then we're going to release them all at once. Yes. So that's we've been holding on to that for a while, you know, doing it the no no budget, low budget, no mm-hmm. filmmaking. It's hard to balance that. Uh, and that's coming soon. Thank you, guys. The extended Outsiders Productions family for waiting for that to be done. Everybody's been working behind the scenes. And so just thank you for your patience and fans. Uh, we have fans, don't we? Yeah. You guys have fans. It's coming soon, baby. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for having us, man. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you, Brian. And thank you guys for watching or listening, uh, or listening or watching, you know, one of those. You guys, one of your six senses are working right now. Anyways, if you like what you have seen or heard or felt in your brain hole and you'd like to be involved or you'd like to see more of this kind of stuff, go to patreon.com slash Show. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Show, Or, of course, you can go to the website, okishowshow.com and look at some of our sketches and all sorts of crazy stuff that we've got. And that's it. Thank you guys so much for coming on to the show, and we'll see you guys in the next two weeks. All right. Bye. Show.